Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. You're going to get to spend an hour plus with Juliet Hahn. Juliet's story is fascinating and, and her presentation skills are phenomenal. Her energy level is sky high. Uh, I understand now why she doesn't drink coffee. Um, man, she struggled really severely with dyslexia in third grade and elementary school, all through school. Um, and we talk a lot about that and how she, I don't want to say overcame, but has dealt with that um, through the years and how she's turned, um, you know, what was viewed as a lack of creativity and a lack of communication skills into just this powerhouse of strengths and traits. And she's now, she just got hired as the chief communications officer for this uh, company that does like biotech you know, stuff. I'm not actually sure what they do, to be honest, but she deals with scientists and helps them draw out their own stories. And she is extremely good at storytelling. She has three podcasts. She's a host or co-host on three different podcasts. We talk about the NFL, the NHL, how life has seasons and you're not committed to something forever. Um, and how you really got to, you know, go with the flow, but get stuff done. And it's a really cool balance that that Juliet's been able to reach here as far as just um she's definitely type A motivated go-getter but she's also been able to understand how to live in the present and create space we talk about the importance of walking and creating that space uh mental space to be able to develop clarity uh for your life and she's just a positive force in the world you can tell i had i had had to track her down i heard her on another podcast as a guest and it took us uh, several months to get get her to commit to being on our show. So this is a, a good catch for us for sure. And I know you're going to understand why once you take a listen. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. All right, here's the deal. You work hard for your money. Isn't it about time you put your money to work for you? If you are an accredited investor, check out labradorlending.com. Our Integrity Income Fund provides monthly cash flow from an investment backed by hard physical real estate. Our income fund, which is uncorrelated to publicly traded stocks and bonds, invests in first lien mortgage notes diversified by geography, property value, and borrower type. So you're not investing in one project. You're investing in a diversified portfolio of first lien mortgage notes. Our Integrity Income Fund aims to pay its investors monthly distributions at a preferred rate of return of 8% annually. Possibly the best part, though, the fund showcases a short 12-month commitment. So you can invest your capital today 
and have access to that capital in one year. Check it out today, labradorlending.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have with us Juliet Hahn. Juliet has uh, many different titles and roles, and um, <laughs> I'm pumped to get into that. Um, Juliet, why don't, you, why don't you tell us what you're up to today? Yeah. So, I mean, I am a CCO, so I'm a chief communications officer for a company called Fat Tech. I am also a podcast host. I have three different podcasts and I am a storyteller content creator. And on top of that, I am a wife and a mom. And, and it sounds like crazy, but when it's kind of seasons in life, when things flow, I'm the type of person that just goes with it and kind of sees what, you know, kind of is budding and where um, my interests and needs and uh, passions really kind of follow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about this one. There's, I mean, I know storytelling is the foundation of what you do. And I think that's kind of a sounds like a common thread through all of your different various ventures and and uh, parts of your journey thus far. And, and we're going to get into why that's evolved um, as become one of your primary strengths. And mm-hmm. I do think it's a critical, a very, this is going to be both inspirational and practical for the listener, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs and budding entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs think, should I start a podcast? How do I, you know, should I go on a podcast? Should I be, you know, how do I tell my story? And there's a lot we can dive into on the practical side for sure. Um, so from adversity to abundance, we we talk a lot about human adversity on this show. It's a human-based story. It is for entrepreneurs, a human-based uh, pod, uh, podcast. It is for entrepreneurs. And we do talk about business and, you know, and money and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's the human element that kind of, um, you know, where, where we all kind of come together and we can all relate. And so I know you've been through some some real adversity in your life. We're not going to stay on the adversity, but let's jump back and let's let's talk a little bit about your your backstory and what you've what you've uh learned to deal with and and address on a on a regular basis so where would you like to start juliet well i mean i love that you just said that cuz there's so many things uh my struggles have really become my strengths and that is something that i talk about a lot on on really all my podcasts but so we'll take you back to kind of one of my first memories in school was uh the entire class in third grade was taken to gifted and talented except myself and another boy. And he was, he was the troublemaker in class. We Mm. were taken to special reading and it was very known like, okay, you guys are all going here. I had a lot of friends. Um, I was the athletic kid, you know, like on the playground, I was the fastest. I was actually the fastest kid in the class. I beat all the boys. Mm. So I had, you know, a lot of strengths, but then there was things in school. And that was the first time I really realized, wait a second, there's something different. Um, and so I am dyslexic, uh, ADHD, you know, it, it is a hereditary one in five, my dad, my sister, um, probably, you know, we, we, we haven't traced it back to which grandparent, but we all have all of our ideas. My son, <laughs> uh, one, one of my, my children, and then also like, you know, tons of, uh, nieces and nephews, but, um, learning in the classroom, how, to kind of engage and interact with the teachers or what now became something that I became really strong at. And that was communicating. Mm. That was the human connection. That was trying to figure out how to get out of things. And <laughs> basically, mm. I didn't want the teacher to know, wait, I don't know what you're saying. There's so many times. And, you know, I do talk about this on one of my podcasts. It's called mm-hmm. Word Blindness, Dyslexia Exposed. It is a podcast on dyslexia. Um, my co-host is a former NHL hockey uh, Stanley Cup winner who was diagnosed awesome. with dyslexia when he was 32. He never even heard the word. So we really are bringing those stories out there, our stories, but then others. And the importance of really knowing, okay, if you're struggling in school, there's something behind it because there's kids don't ever yeah. want to get in trouble. When you're kindergarten, first grade, you sure. want to know that answer. You don't want to be You want to fit camp. in. Yeah, you don't want to draw exactly. attention to yourself, especially for, for having... A, a challenging, you know, if, if, you know, actually talk about that. I mean, we had, uh, we had, uh, Matt four on the show. I had, he was one of the first guests on, on my podcast and actually he's featured in our, our new book that we just put out. And he talked a lot about his own dyslexia growing up and how actually reading is, is like his favorite thing to do now. And he's just read like thousands of books and he has a podcast now as well, which is, which is amazing. So, not saying it's the exact same story, but it's there are a lot of similarities in that 
what was a, a major challenge for him became one of his biggest strengths. And so, you know, talk about, I guess, really, you know, for the audience who listener who may not actually know what dyslexia is, can you just define it for us and kind of describe exactly what it is? Mm -hmm. So it is a reading disorder, but it is also a processing. So I always could read there's and there's always levels. I always could read. But when I was reading, I would read very slowly. And I wasn't processing what I was reading. So when I listened to something, so I listened to all my books, you know, right now, as I said, I'm the chief communications officer for a company. And so you would think, well, wait a second, but communication is actually my strength. I learned really early on that if I used my voice, I could Mm -hmm. get things different than if I was writing. So a lot Mm -hmm. of times for me, my dyslexia, I could have all these huge, great, big, huge ideas and I can tell you all about them. I go to put them on a piece of paper and they literally do not come out of my head onto a piece of paper. I have to voice text everything. I have to, Mm. you know, uh, I have to, audio is like my my friend. So again, technology nowadays is a lot better, but like thinking about a kid in the classroom, I have this big story I want to write, right? You're writing the story in third grade and it's amazing and you have it all in your head and you go to write it. And you can't can't, write it. Nothing comes out. And the teacher's like, well, what's wrong with you, right? Pay attention, stop fidgeting, focus. What are you doing? Why are you talking to your friend? Half of the time it was because like, what did did the teacher said? What are we supposed to be doing? Because I was always one step behind because I was always, I didn't, I wasn't the kid that got in trouble. Um, I, again, I had a lot of friends. I, my mom was in the education system. Uh, My older sister also struggled. I'm one of five. And so you know, it was known that, okay, things are not coming as easy. But the one thing that's really important, dyslexia is not an uh, an IQ. Half okay. of self-made billionaires, um, I forget the, yeah. the number, but it's like yeah. 40% are dyslexic. We actually wow. think very differently. Our brains are wired differently. And so our right brains are wired. We're more creative. But the yeah. thing that's really interesting, when I was in school that that day that the you know kids went to gifted and talented. All my friends yeah. came back and they're like, what did you go do? We did this amazing stuff. We're doing, they were creating, and I can still remember, they were creating a night in Javelin and they were doing mazes and they're like, we're drawing and coloring and creating things. And so that mm. day I told myself I wasn't creative because I couldn't draw instead of being like, okay, I struggled in reading and I'm not good yeah. in school. I said to myself, I'm not creative. You're and not so creative. that's the... right. That's the path yeah. I kind of went down um, on my podcast. And a lot of things I do talk about is the innate confidence. Some of us are just innately confident. I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was born innately confident. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of strengths and I had a family yeah. that would talk about my strengths a lot. But in school, they constantly talk about the things you're not good at. Sure. You need to work harder Absolutely. on this. You're not good at this. You know, so I and I, you know, I'm not going to get into it too much, but like I had a lot of teachers that would give me a hard time, you know, like, why yeah. can't you just focus? Because I did go to college. I played two college sports. I was very, very athletic. So I was on top of the athletic field, but yeah. you know, closer at the bottom of the education. I came from a place that everyone was really good at everything in my in my head. I mean, it was an affluent right. town right outside right. of Philadelphia on the New Jersey side. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different things that, you know you give yourself that that narrative like when everything right you know everything everyone's pretty good at and you're like why can't i get it you right. beat yourself up a little bit but then sure. again when you have the positives when you find out what your strengths are that's why it's really important to really kind of find out if you are dyslexic and if you have yeah. like ADHD dysgraphia there's all these different things but this as soon as you can kind of remediate it you're never not going to have it that's one thing that's yeah. really important you're never not going to have it there's not a but, cure for it you're not going to no. just move on from it right and but school you, yeah. and stuff is always going to be hard i mean there's yeah. no it's but, but you sure. work harder that's a lot of times i work harder i i have yeah. failed so many times that I will start something. So a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. are dyslexic. You know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, which is which is interesting that you say about the you know you're not creative. I know I know you're not saying that now, but that was no, the narrative right. you were telling yeah. yourself and that your teachers were telling you, basically. But it, but it turns out actually because of that challenge, the challenging situation, you become more creative. I mean, entrepreneurs at the end of the day, that's what they do is they create and they they add value, they create things, and they they are the definition of creativity, really. So. Um, you definitely are creative. That's for sure. So now, because I, I do feel like dys, dyslexia, um, you know, has this is just this is just me, right? And just you know, it's been around forever. Not not forever, but you know, it's one of those eighteen hundreds like, in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, okay. That was called okay. word blindness. Okay. That's why we okay. named our thing. But I mean, it's Got crazy it. and how yeah. they still really don't know. But go ahead, right? Okay, <laughs> but no, I just like you know nowadays, and 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 frankly, my I've 
two teenagers and we're, we're dealing with some different challenges as well. And it, it, it so I've, I've learned a lot more about like, you know, just different uh, ADHD and autism and, and mental health and different things. And, and I feel like dyslexia is one that just from my, you know, vantage point, maybe gets pushed or viewed as like less less challenging or just not that big of a deal or just um so so it's kind of like you know that that's cool but that's okay you switched a couple of letters and you know just switch what? them back or something <laughs> I mean, and and that but that's the thing but that's and that's the that's why we are doing the podcast that we're doing because it's yeah. so much more um, yeah. And then it also comes down to the self-esteem, right? You you have to, sure. if you don't have yeah. self-esteem. And so a lot of times dyslexic kids, um, if they don't have the support or they don't know what's yeah. going on, it's like, right. yeah, they do get that beat up. But it is. So if I, I can't spell, I mean, I still spell like a second grader, um, which is super frustrating. Think about taking notes. Sure. So the college, all of that sure. stuff, taking notes, I would look back and be like, <laughs> I don't even know what that says. So because yeah, it's, and, it's uh, tough. It's absolutely. really tough. Now, as we, before we move, uh, you know, more into your, your story, how mm-hmm. do you know, what is some advice for somebody who thinks they might have dyslexia or them, or maybe their, their child does? I mean, just what's the first step to, to finding out if you may have it? You, you want to get a neuropsych and it's, they're okay. not, they're expensive. It sucks. Yeah. Um, they do take time, um, but it's one of those things. And again, the, and we talk about this a lot in the other, yeah. in my, my yeah. word blindness podcast, so I'm not going to get into it, but Education is a broken system. Yeah, and absolutely. It, 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 it yeah. is. It's. It's really sometimes disheartening. Myself sure. going through it, having a child's gone through it. We were actually yeah. very fortunate. He went to a dyslexia school for three years, um, so we were really fortunate. But yeah, it is uh, getting that neuropsych is really important, but not counting gotcha. on the school to do it because the school is going to do it their way. And a lot of yeah. states won't. They can't say you have dyslexia. It's just an yeah. LD or you okay. and and. When a teacher gets that, it's like, okay, there's a wide range of things that you can do to remediate. So there's things right. like Orton Gillingham. You There's ways that dyslexic people can learn to read. Uh-huh. Now, the most severe dyslexic person will probably never be able to. But most, sure. you know, most most ranges, if yeah. you do like Orton Gillingham or different reading things, you can. So like once you, you find part. out, and if you are ADHD, there's different things, a lot of dyslexic yeah. ADHD, but again, ADHD gets that bad rap. I mean, I have ADHD, right. but my EQ, that's one of the things I wanted to say before, like my EQ and self-awareness and, and reading other people is like yeah. off the charts. Off the charts. Because that's, yeah. And that's my gift. That's the, you know, God sure. gave me that. It's like, okay, you might struggle here. Yeah. It's just like a blind or deaf person. You get stronger yeah. things. So it's just really Absolutely. important to know where those strengths and weaknesses are sure. and to really build it up. So the neuropsych going to yeah. a doctor outside of the school yeah. is really important. No, and that gets to, and we will, you know, move on into your story more, but that, that, that just gets to the point. I mean, my, my mother is a retired public school teacher. My whole family is, 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 you know, teachers are, you know, in the public school system in some way or, and private as well, but, and, and they're all great people, right? But you're absolutely right. There's so many shortcomings to the system itself. And we've dealt with that on, with like, you know, my, my son's IEP, for example, and lots of, lots of challenges there. The mm-hmm. the public school system in general has a, a lot of room for improvement. We'll leave it there. Um, but, and that gets to the point of the show really, which is take ownership of your, of your life, point to your strengths, look at your strengths. We're not saying you don't have those challenges and you do need to face those challenges and deal with them and not pretend they're not there, but own it, you know, and own, own your situation and, and, and look to the people in your world that can help you and help you move forward. And that way you can end up being the best version of yourself and impact people in the most positive way possible. So walk us through, you know, kind of fast forward the ne- through the next, say, 10 years of your life. What, what did things look like, you know, from school and then into your professional uh, life? Mm-hmm. So I did, as I said, I did go to um, college. I became a communications yeah. major, surprising. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't the first path though. I was going to be, you know, corporate fitness because of fitness. But, you know, again, some of the classes I was like, nope, not going to do that. Found my way into communications, realized I love this, went into advertising, moved to New York City, got a job even before I um, graduated, did really well in college because I started learning things I really was interested in and and learned how I learned, which was really important. Again, Mm. figured out, okay, where are those weaknesses, how I can kind of 
work with them and how I can kind of, uh, you know, elevate them, know that they're still there, as you said, but kind of really work off my strengths, sure. which, as I said, I have some really good strengths. Yeah, I have some yeah. weak weaknesses, but really good, you know, some strong strengths. So yeah. met my husband and then I chose to stay home, raised three yeah. kids. I have three teenagers. So um, you know, did that. <laughs> yeah. And as as I went, I always was networking. I was always, you know, connecting with people. Yeah. I was always the person that was like, oh, wait, you're doing this. You know what? I need to connect you with this person. Always knew every shopkeeper, um, you know, knew every everyone's story because I always asked questions. I'm a very, very curious person. So I always asked questions. Um, I don't get into like hour long, but I, you know, would sit and connect with most people. It's one of the things that I think is important. And a lot of people don't do, they don't, they don't look around themselves. Everyone, ha- a lot of times in this world mm-hmm. too, with our lives, yeah. we all have stuff, right? We all have trauma. We all have stuff sure. going on. We all have hard days. But I always make sure I'm looking around me because someone yeah. else might be having a harder day and maybe I can impact them. And that's something that yeah. I've really raised my kids. You know, they're teenagers now. So sometimes they they yeah. forget that. Yeah. But oh, yeah. it's important to do that. So, you know, as Absolutely. I did, I always stay connected to people. And uh, as I, uh, we moved to um, a community where, I was like, you know what? I was doing some fitness stuff in the other community, kind of helping moms stay healthy. I was at that same yeah. kind of stage and, you know, our kids would be playing and I was like, hey, let's do, you know, I could, I could do a workout, but, you know, because again, I played two sports. I've always had that mindset. I've always worked hard, you know, yeah. dyslexia, you always work harder because you, you got to. Um, and so from there, it was like, okay, I was, we had just moved Walking is like something that I do. It's, and this is one yeah. of the things that I talk about on my podcast a lot. If you ever feel like you're stuck or you're like, what's going on? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? I always say to people, you need to daydream. And I think, again, a lot of people don't allow themselves to daydream mm-hmm. because they're scared that it's not going to happen. And maybe they're stuck in life. You know, we talk, I'm sure you talk about the golden handcuffs on here. Oh, um, yeah, you know, absolutely. people get stuck in their jobs and they're like, how do I get out yeah. of it? And I right. always say, you know, you're not absolutely. a tree. You're not a tree. You don't have to stick with what you are. So even if you're sure. making money and yeah. you're you're the the sole breadwinner, but you're miserable, you're not yeah. helping anyone else. You have one life. So I say, daydream. I have to move. Yeah, to, to daydream. ADHD. You got to move. Yeah, I can't absolutely. meditate. I yeah. sit. I think about dishes and laundry. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, I've never good. been. I, I tried meditating too. It just, yeah, I'm with you. It didn't didn't stick. Maybe I, I'm sure I could get better at it, but. Um, but no, I, and I completely have come around and I played, I played lacrosse in college and I was in the military, was always very active and, you know, mm-hmm. type A as far as, I guess, achieving and things like that. But I always kind of looked down on, not looked down on, but I thought walking was kind of a, a waste of time, to be honest with you, because I was too, it was like, well, that's, I'll just run and get it over with, you know? Right. And <laughs> to be honest, now my wife and I walk quite a bit together or separately and it is amazing like i mean it's it's not only a good great physical workout it is it's really allowed me to to uh have that space for to develop the mental clarity um Mm -hmm. that's just critical i mean and and it's honestly easier to stay busy it's it's a cop-out to stay busy and i have plenty of things to stay busy with um but just allowing your space that allowing yourself that space to you know think and daydream mm-hmm. like you said that's that's amazing that's really good so that's a big part of your of your life I, and so yeah, i do it every every morning i have two boxers i do it every morning seven yeah. days a week rain snow whatever i walk them we walk probably an hour three miles and it is my time that i daydream and i just dream about what you know what i want to do and at this point in my life we had just moved i had just lost a friend um mm. to frontal lobe dementia at 40 it was really sad. And I was just feeling like, I want to do more. My husband's working, you know, we just moved to this community. I don't really want to do the fitness stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I love podcasts. I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) I love talking. I love telling stories. I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk about this phase of my life. You know, this phase of my life, I was in my mid forties, early to mid forties. And I was like, this is an important time because I've talked to a lot of women that maybe stayed home or even didn't stay home and are, are trying to juggle it all. And and talk to men that are, you know, at, at that same too, like, oh, I don't yeah. love what I do anymore. So I'm going to start telling stories. So I yeah. ran home, you know, told my my kids and my husband, I'm going to start a podcast. They were like, oh, do you know how to start a podcast? I said, no, I'm going <laughs> to figure it out. When yeah. I tell you that, because again, I figure everything out. It's like, I can do this. If I fail, I fail. You know what? If it's not meant to be, I, I do believe 
you know, whether it's God or the universe, if there's yeah. a path, like if that came to my mind, I can't tell you how many times like a podcast, a podcast, you like to talk. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, okay, I'm going to follow it. And so yeah. I am that type of person. If I daydream and something keeps coming up, I'm like, okay, I believe that's God whispering, yeah. right? Sure. Whispering like, hey, go follow that. See where it takes you. Yeah. So I jumped in. I literally, we were going away. Um, our oldest son was playing soccer in Sweden. And so my husband's like, are you really starting it now? Because again, my moment dyslexia and attention deficit. So I sometimes I'm very impulsive and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. And I literally, if I say I'm going to yeah. do something, I will do it. And it will be like, that's all I can focus on. I over-focus and I will get it done though. So like sometimes mm-hmm. it's a great attribute to have. <laughs> so he's like, well, just yeah. pause. And he's a very good partner because he'll pause me yeah. at times. He's like, is this, is this, do you really want to let it go now because of, you know, we're traveling? And, and I was like, yeah. right, you know what? So I could have had it out literally in, in a month, but I was, it, it took like two months from start to uh, finish. Yeah. I started telling personal journal stories and I started connecting with people and people were reaching out to me and saying, thank you for sharing that. And a lot of it was kind of hot mess moments as a mom when my kids yeah. were little. And I always say I was, you know, a really good mom. I'm a, a great mom, good wife, terrible house housewife. And I chose <laughs> to stay home, but I was like, Ooh, I'm not really good at cooking. And I don't really like any of that stuff, but I got to do it. So I had a lot of funny stories, right? I had a lot of yeah. funny stories, but a lot of vulnerable stories that I thought needed to be shared. Well, I think that's, I think that's the key is the vulnerability. And, and I think that's what people are looking really craving these days because all we see on social media is the the great you know how everything's so wonderful and all the highlights and and that's fine and you know we all probably I, I know I do that but and I have no no issue with seeing somebody's vacation pictures I I'd rather see that than their pile of laundry or something but <laughs> at the end of the day it's it's just you know re, so refreshing when someone is actually vulnerable and we can all relate to that on some level I mean um, so I think people are starved for that type of vulnerability and authenticity. So, I mean, that, that I was listening to a podcast yesterday about podcasting and, and just how that's really the, the solo episodes where you, the, the host is just vulnerable, mm-hmm. get a lot of, a lot of downloads and a lot of, you know, a lot of positive feedback. So to the, to the entrepreneur out there, who's thinking about starting a podcast, we'll just say it, frame it that way. Um, I know you, you, had a bunch of signs through walking and things like that. Um, but what are, you know, one or two kind of practical tips you could give someone for deciding even whether to to start a podcast? Yeah. I mean, I do I I talk about this a lot with people because again, it seems like, oh, you could just go do it, right? There's a right. lot behind it. And it's not yes. for everyone. And there's there's not it does there's nothing wrong with it being that way. So what I always suggest yeah. first is getting your phone. Everyone has a phone or a tape recorder. And just sitting, first thinking, okay, do I want to interview? Do I want to do solo episodes? And yeah. just talk and see how long you can talk. But what I always really suggest is talking about your own story, really reflecting, doing that self-reflection, talk back and just talk. Let it all like kind of brain dump. Do it when you're walking or when you're sitting, if you're someone that needs to sit, but just literally get it and see how long you can do it and how comfortable you are. Mm-hmm. And then re-listen to it. And maybe you don't re-listen to it. I don't, I don't usually re-listen to stuff, but some mm-hmm. people like to re-listen to it. But don't re-listen to it in the critical way to see, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I could feel my energy go up here. I could feel my energy go down here. I could feel my energy get a little weird here. These are things maybe I need to think about. So really diving into yourself first is I think to me, whether it doesn't matter what kind of podcast you want to start, mm-hmm. you want to be comfortable enough to have a conversation, but also bring in some of your own self. Because this is also for an entrepreneur and I know we're going to get into yeah. this, but yeah. bringing in the parts of your own story that are going to connect deeper with an audience is going to help you grow your business. It doesn't matter you know, what you're selling, what you, what service you have, if you're creating a community because of who you are and like, and, and your parts of your story, that community is going to grow and, you know, and, and it's going to grow. And if you have a great product, that's great. Cause then that's going to blow up. If you have a crappy product, your community is going to, is, is going to grow, but maybe not get, you know, deep, not wide. Sure. It might be there. You might get new people all the time because you're connecting with people. And then it's like, Oh, nothing happens over here. But if right. you get both and you're connecting with the community and you're, you know, you know, engaging them and talking about things and and you're still growing yeah. because you're getting new people. That's what's really important. So the fa- the first thing you do is get your phone and do it for like two weeks. Okay, I'm going to sit and talk yeah. about this part again. Okay, I'm going to sit. Now, again, this is not like 
some people have had a lot of trauma in their life. I'm not a therapist. Yeah. I'm not telling you to go and, and yeah. do a therapy session, but just talk about different aspects of your life. And then, okay, if you're going to do solo episodes, how did that feel? What other topics are you going to talk about? You know, how yeah. many do you have? Are, is, are you going to be able to grow the seasons? Now, I did solo and then COVID hit. And I was like, you know what? I'm really curious of what's happening around the world with people in COVID. So I was like, I'm just going to start reaching out to random people on social media, seeing if they want to do COVID stories with me. <laughs> I started yeah. interviewing and then I became like, I was like, okay, this is my gift. I'm really good at interviewing. I asked mm -hmm. questions. People were like, oh my God, no one's ever asked me that. I was helping people <laughs> connect dots and yeah, fireworks of your, were going your off. high EQ, right? You're able to read people. Exactly. Dig in somewhere else that, that, that the other past interviewers haven't been able to find. Um, yeah, that's mm -hmm. really, that's really good. That's, and interviewing is absolutely a skill. There's no doubt about it. It's, and, and there's not one way to do it. And I'm not saying I'm the greatest at it or anything, but, um, it is, it is very different than, than storytelling for sure. But, but if you're good at storytelling, you're probably going to be good at drawing out a story from someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you started your podcast, I know you have three now, what was, what was the goal? It really was, it was a creative outlet. And I do like, I was missing a creative outlet and I didn't realize it. Cause again, remember I said I wasn't creative. So I really did not <laughs> think because I couldn't draw and I couldn't, I don't sing. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm not creative. Right. But I've been storytelling my whole life. When my kids were little, I had, I can't tell you how many different characters and stories that I would create these. Like, I mean, I can't believe I didn't make them into children's series because anywhere we went, the kids would be like, mama, tell us a story about blah, blah, blah. And I would you know, tell them about these elaborate stories. And I would have sometimes people come up and they're like, oh, that's such a cool story. Where'd you hear it? And I'm like, oh, I just made it up. I just have that creative brain, but I never thought of it as a creativity because I was sure. always that way. Um, but yeah. one thing I do want to touch base when you yeah. said the EQ, the other yeah. thing is because of my dyslexia, I learned mm. to read people really well of like how mm. to get out of things. So I could mm. read someone's body language. So when I'm talking to someone, I can tell, mm. okay, they speed, they sped up a little bit. I can tell body, mm. I can see how someone moves. I can see if they slow down. I, I am so on cue to reading people. Again, mm -hmm. yes, it's my EQ, but it's what I built because of mm -hmm. a weakness. Right, and that's right. what's really cool. So that's like the self-reflection that I want people to do, especially entrepreneurs, because it's going to connect sure. somewhere in there that they're going to be like, oh, I understand now why this is why I'm so good. Like we all are born with skills and not skills, sure. but the ones that you sharpen, like why, why are you so sharp in that? Really go back and think about that. Mm. So, um, but so yes, I That's mean, that really is, it, it is, and it's, it's really important, but again, it's that self-reflection. Not everyone likes to self-reflect. Again, people have trauma, but you can self-reflect in a way that you're not opening yourself up and you're, you know, um, and, and if you feel like maybe you do, you talk to a therapist, you know, go talk to sure. a professional, do this in a therapy session. If you talk to a therapist and see, okay, I can do that. But those are the kind of, you know, yeah. uh, just, just tips that I talk about a lot. Absolutely. So it's a creative outlet and then it, then it will, then it branched into two additional podcasts. Um, so, okay. Now I guess what other, whether any other quick tips as far as running a podcast things that have maybe something that hasn't worked for you? Well, I, I very quickly, um, realized I didn't like editing. And yeah. I knew that if I stayed with podcasting and I had to edit myself, I wouldn't have stayed. So that's the other thing you have to really think about your your strengths and weaknesses. Again, yeah. I, I sometimes sound like a broken record, but I knew that was not a strength of mine. I am not a detailed-oriented person. Yeah. I know a lot of women are. I am not one of them. I am <laughs> not detailed. And that kind of stuff will, would frustrate the hell out of me. So I knew very quickly that I was going to get an editor. So another thing someone might say, okay, I don't have the finances to do that. There's so yeah. many different things that you could do. I mean, I think there was... I My husband does well. I didn't want my husband yeah. funding any of this. I wanted to do this mm. on my own. I didn't want mm -hmm. this to be my passion project, but then yeah. become his financial project. That I sure. didn't want to do that. And I was like very clear about that. There was times, yes, that I was like, oh, didn't didn't really yeah. organize that. Can you help here? But I didn't want that. So as I said, I had done some fitness stuff that I still was doing a couple, you know, I, I didn't want to grow that, but I was like, I can still work with some clients. I know what my skills are. I can help get a little income there, put it back yeah. into the podcast. There yeah. was a time, I, as I said, I have boxers. There was a family that needed someone to babysit a puppy boxer. And I was like, I'll do that. So then they they were like, well, we'll pay you if you really do it during the day. And I'm like, I'm home. Of course, I have two others. They can just hang out. 
So I did that. I got a little income there. Um, And so then I put that back into the podcast. So I knew I wanted to put the money into the editing and that I was going to be good at everything else. Because that's the other thing is putting a deadline, not putting a deadline, being like, well, when it gets hard or doesn't feel right, I'm going to stop. Because how many times does that happen when people stop something too early? I gave myself a year deadline. Doesn't matter how easy or how hard. And then I could say, I did it. Yeah. Great. What did I learn there's, from it? But it wasn't for me, but obviously it was. <laughs> I've heard, uh, you know, there's like something like 4 million plus podcasts out there and mm-hmm. only about 15% have produced content in the last 30 to 60 days, something like that. Um, yes. And I know that's how we connected as I listened to you on a pod, the, the Cap Show podcast, mm-hmm. which was really good. Um, Love Cap Show. Absolutely. We use it as well. It's really, really good. Um, so now... Okay, so that's about you know creating a podcast, running a podcast, and and so I would I would agree with you. Give it at least a year. I mean, don't do this if you're gonna do it for two weeks and just give up because it got a little bit challenging. Because there is a ton of work to this, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Um, but maybe so. Talk to the person who is they don't want to start a podcast. They realize it's too much work. It's just not their thing. Maybe they want to try it in ten years, but but they realize there's there's value as an entrepreneur or as any anyone really in going on other podcasts and going on shows and telling their story. Um, Cause I know that's something that you've helped a lot of people with that you used to help people with, um, you know, professionally uh, getting, getting that, that storytelling skill kind of to, to be elevated, if you will. So what are, you know, one or two tips you can give to someone who's going to be going on podcasts or just sharing their story? Uh, what can you tell someone in, in those, in that situation? Yeah, no, and it, and I had actually one of my clients just recently. Someone found her because of a podcast, because of the work that we had done in the past. Because it is really important. Like you could go on podcast, and and for an entrepreneur, I say go on as many podcasts as you have. There's so many different services Absolutely. out there, but you don't need to spend money if you don't have that. You can go do your own research, and you can send it. There's so many levels of podcasts. So many people are looking yeah. for good stories. And sometimes Absolutely. the smaller podcast have a a more, you know, kind of dense audience. They have yeah. their listeners that listen. And maybe it's committed. 30, maybe yeah. it's 50, maybe it's, you know, a hundred, yeah. maybe it's a thousand, but those listen every day. And when they hear something, they're sharing it with their community. And then it's going right. out there. So even if you get one or two clients every couple months. That's more than you're getting if you're not going out there. And yeah, no, that's it. absolutely. We get very, as hosts, we get very hung up on download numbers and, and unique listeners per episode and that kind of thing, which is great. And you can check all the, we use uh, co-host, which which provides some pretty good analytics. But, and I, and I, yeah, I certainly want my download numbers to keep going up and up and up. But at the end of the day, does that really matter? I mean, is it, is, I mean, quality mm-hmm. is, is really important. So having that listener that comes back, that's what you want. Um, yeah. so, and, and, and I, to your point, I get a lot more as much as I love being a host and I love my podcast and it's my, you know, one of my passion projects for sure. I get a lot more traction when I go on other shows, if I'm just mm-hmm. being honest, cause it's, it opens me up to all these other networks and I get a lot more people right. reaching out, um, after I, I'm a guest on a show. So, so storytelling, just what are a couple of kind of basic, you know, I guess principles to be able to tell a good story. Yeah. And I'm just going to take it one step back there because as you said, yeah. like you go on podcasts and if you're telling your story correct, you, I mean, you found me because of me, the way I was mm-hmm. telling my story in another podcast. Mm-hmm. So sometimes yep. if you just are doing great work, you're going to have people reaching out to you. Hey, can you be on my podcast? And you're not doing the other things. The other thing is someone might say, Hey, I just had a great guest. You have a little network of podcast hosts that you're friends with that you're like, I just had this great guest. You know what? I'm going to recommend you. But if you're the person that doesn't know how to tell your story and you're all over the place, you're going to be doing a lot more work because you're not going to have the recommendations. You're not going to have the people wanting to come back and listen to you because you were all over the place or you just weren't hitting the right spot. So what I always say is, there's a lot of different things. This is I take goes back to that that exercise of you telling yeah. your whole story from literally when you were little, your first memories, and talk about. I mean, it can be like I, you know, hi, I'm you know John. I have three siblings. I lived in Nebraska, you know, and and giving those details, but details that are coming up and you're remembering. And so when you're doing that on your own, mm-hmm. and then you're like, and this is what I used to do with clients, um, is I would say, okay, 
Now, the things that you just touched on, but I personally could listen and be like, okay, I I saw Mm -hmm. how you literally lit up and you went from slow talking to being uncomfortable talking about your past to that one day in fifth grade when you had that pivotal moment and you lit up and they're like, oh, I didn't think that was that important. And I'm like, (laughs) your energy and the way you presented yourself is what's going to attract the outside Mm. world. So I had a guest, just an example. I love to give examples and and, and yeah. then it kind of people yeah. understand that's the way my brain works. Um, but so I had a guest that was a business coach and she started telling me this story and I didn't, didn't work with her before. So she was just coming on. She was on the mm-hmm. podcast circuit. She said, um, oh, I just kind of have the silly story about pink peonies. Um, but it was really not important. I was like, well, no, I just want to hear about, I love pink peonies. Like what, what, mm-hmm. what is your story? And she basically took me through this pink peony story and the way she lit up was insane. And she still gets clients now that are like, I connected because that pink peony story that had <laughs> nothing to do with what her business was. <laughs> right. But it was her friend gave her a pink peony when she was leaving the corporate world to start her own business. And it was her grandmother's nice. favorite flower. And it made yeah. her feel something. And her this friend didn't know that it was the grandmother's favorite flower. So it just became this big important piece of her life and that transition and that transition is what then connected to the audiences and she still gets business because of that little story and and it's those kind of things that sometimes you think something's not significant we all we all have stories right there's some people that have some trauma trauma and you're like well i can't you know they went through all this and how am i going to ever kind of you know be up to par with that. But it doesn't matter because we all have an audience. We all have people that need to hear what we're saying. I say it all the time. You can learn from a janitor to a homeless person, to a president, yes. to a CEO, to yep. you know the top executives in the world, to athletes, to actors. We can learn from all of it. We just need to listen. And a lot of times we don't let ourselves listen because we think, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. But sometimes they might say something yeah, and you're like, wait, that's interesting. I want to think more about that. And when someone says that, that's sort of something that you need to follow. You need to start researching. You need to ask questions about because we need to light ourselves up sometimes. And, and especially when you're in that stagnant world. So that's the first yeah. thing you do. You do that exercise. You kind of pick those things out. You get excited about little things that like, okay, I'm excited about that thing that happened to me in third grade because it was really, you know, I'm talking about yeah. my third grade. I hated that thing. But <laughs> right, people right. also understand yeah. a little bit about who I am. Sure. No, and that's just getting back to the being vulnerable and being authentic and who who you who are you really deep down. And I love that point you made about learn we can learn we can all learn from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um I just hired a business coach actually and he he um there's some kind of quote he used he there was a quote he used the other day which was something about every man is my superior in some way, right? And mm-hmm. um obviously it's man, woman, child, anybody. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, absolutely true. I mean, we can all learn from everyone. So, um, so you're, you're doing that exercise to, to figure out really kind of what lights you up, what, what is your yeah. source of energy really you know, and about your own story. Right. And then, so then highlight those, those elements of your backstory. Is that essentially what you're right. saying? Right. And then, and then, and then as you're doing it, you're going to start connecting dots. Again, you know, people hire people to help them do this, but sometimes people are introspective and they can kind of figure it out themselves. I mean, I have so many people with this new position I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm working um, in the regenerative medicine space. This is the, you know, I'm the chief communication officer for this company. They happen to be one of my first storytelling clients. So it's really cool kind of whole thing, but I'm working with a lot of scientists right now on helping them be able to connect the dots and talk about their story. And they're like, this is so weird. But then (laughs) I've had them, you know, literally leave me messages like, okay, I, I, there's so many things that I just connected because I'm thinking about this. So you don't have to have a professional person, but when you're doing this exercise, you're thinking back to those little memories that you have throughout your life. Now, I also talk about there's memory feelings and there's memory visions, right? Mm, Sometimes those memory feelings are more important than the actual little memories. Like I, you know, if I think back to my childhood, you you know, we all have those little like things that we do. Some of us stuff certain things because again, it's trauma. But sometimes like if you think like I remember being like, why every time we talk about like elementary school, do I get this like pit? And it was like, oh, 
that's when I like had to go to special reading and everyone went, and, and the teacher that yeah. brought me to special reading, she was a slow talker and there was all this stuff around mm-hmm. like slow talkers. No offense to any slow talkers, but yeah. I, I yeah. they dr- drives me nuts. Like I'm like, oh my God, just say what you want to say. <laughs> right. And it kind of all came full circle. But those are the kind of things that you want to dive into. Like those sure. good memory feelings, the, oh, I don't know. Like I had a client uh, and someone that was on my podcast that talked about when she was growing up and she's like, there was just always this great feeling in my house. And so we really dove into it. And it was because both of her parents were immigrants and they lived in a very different area, but in her house, it was like both of their cultures that they brought mm-hmm. in. And it literally, she would walk out and it would be this entirely different world. They were the only kind of diverse people mm-hmm. in their community. Sure. So she's like, it was just, but she's like, but it was such a good, like, my home was my happy place outside. Mm. And and then we dove into all these different things. And it's one of the things she leads with all the time now because of what she learned in both of those experiences. Yeah. So you mentioned leads with, and I'm just curious before we move on, um, as far as the framework for telling your story is what should you lead with? Do you, do you lead with like a teaser or, or, you know, how do you frame the actual storytelling? If I'm going to go on a podcast for 30 minutes and the whole goal is to tell my story, is there a particular framework you recommend? No, I mean, you have to listen to who who the host is, right? You're going on someone else's podcast. Sure. So you have to really think about who the audience is, yeah. who you're talking to. But I always say in each chapter, I so I break things out into chapters. It's like your first chapter, second chapter, third chapter, fourth chapter, fifth chapter kind of thing. I like that. Um, yep. And in each chapter, you find those two sentences that kind of define you. So like I always, I always bring in that I'm dyslexic. I always kind of bring that second, third grade story yeah. in. I always I always talk about I played two sports in college because yeah. again when when I say those two things your audience people are going to they already are thinking of oh wait okay when I say what I'm doing now and all the different things they kind of get a little insight into me before I'm even diving into my story so like sure. in each of those kind of things we all have those two experiences those one experiences that should always be Woven, woven into your through. so so each but not weirdly brought up yeah but yeah, not yeah. weirdly broken right. up. like it's not like you would be asking yeah. me about something and I would say <laughs> well and then you know like yeah. and, and bring something weird up that's like well, what is she talking about no you have to make it flow and that's something you have to practice again it's sure. not well, in, that, it some people are do it better than others absolutely it gets back to listening and playing off of the other person and yeah you wouldn't just start off with hi I'm Juliet Han I I played two sports in college. Okay, great. Yeah, Good who for cares? You. Like, yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. So right, I set it up. Like I didn't, you know, yeah. the reason why I went to college is because I wanted to play sports. I hated school. If I didn't play sports, I would never have gone to college. Sure. I hated it with a passion. I sucked at it. It's really bad. <laughs> well, for the record, I think team sports and sports as a whole just have so such benefit and such, you know, oh, so many yes. life lessons Love you can, it. you can take from that, from sports. I, I love it. We're a big sports family. My, my yeah, siblings. Yeah. Um, so talk more, you know, more recently, you mentioned the, the new uh, role that you're in and, and, uh, I guess talk about what you have going on these days in a little more detail. Yeah. So, I mean, I can take you. So like my first podcast is called your next stop. I interview people that have followed a passion and turned it into a business. And that's like, I do a little bit shorter. Cause the other thing is you have to think about when you're telling your story, are you going on a podcast that's an hour? Are you going on a podcast that's 30 minutes? Are you going on a podcast that's 20 minutes? Okay. What should I bring in? And these are all the things. If you just continue to tell your story to yourself and do it recording wise, you'll hear, okay, I'm really comfortable with that. That's something I wish should lead with. I always should do that, you know, because when you're comfortable talking, people can feel it. When you're uncomfortable talking about something, people can feel it. And that's where you're not connecting. That's where the disconnect is. So that's what's really important if you're faking it. And that's where you said the, uh, you know, the authenticity. Absolutely. Um, But so, so that is like what is, is really important to think about. But so now, um, because of the roles that I did, so your next stop, 30 minutes, it's like quick. It's like, you know, it was started with women because that was the role I was in and it was kind of where my life was going. And I was like, this is so fascinating. And then it uh, went into, you know, I have two sons and I want to inspire them and a husband. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, not a feminist, no offense to feminists, but like, I like to do equal (laughs) opportunity. If someone has a great story, I don't care what you are. I, you know, who you are. I, I want to hear it. Um, and I don't care how, you know, if you're famous, you, if you can't tell a story, you're kind of dicky. I don't want you on my podcast. I don't, you know, it's, so it's more of like that. Then I have YNS Live, like your next stop uh, live with NFL Thread. And that 
is kind of an offshoot of your next stop. Cynthia Zordich, who is, um, her husband was in the league for 12 years, Michael. She was one of my first podcasts, or I shouldn't say first, because she was my hundredth episode. And we dove into her story and I became fascinated. Again, I've said this a couple of times. I'm very curious. So I was like, wait, I want to know, like, I'm a mom. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like when, when your husband got, and and you had a, like, you had a a business, what did you do with it? And I could just feel her like, Oh, I got to think about this again. Yeah. You know, I had to give it up. And then I was like, well, wait a second. So then we, we collaborated and we do, we do a once a month, we have an interview and it's either a, a wife, in a, or a spouse and what they're doing, not about, you know, the, the a wife, what a wife life, or spouse of the, of of the professional NFL, NFL athlete. NFL, got it. Stri- yeah. Strictly. And then, um, and, and what is it like, what, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing outside? Yeah. And there's so many attorneys, you know, philanthropists. I mean, so many different things that you're like, Oh my God, why does <laughs> anyone, you know, cause when you ask, can you introduce yourself? They always lead with what their husband does and nothing wrong with it. But it's like, we sure. want to know about you because we're right, also right. women and moms and, and whatever. And if you're not a mom still, like, how do you juggle all this? So Absolutely. we do live events at the Super Bowl, at the draft and at That's the, awesome. um, and at the Hall of Fame. Yes. I mean, and, and if you go to my social media, you'll kind of see some of the fun things. Yeah. But we interview really fun people. We also interview players when they leave the league. Nice. So what that okay. transition looks like. And that okay. is so important because so many people sure. don't think about that. There's so much mental illness. I shouldn't say mental illness. There's so much mental yeah. stuff that goes through. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. we had uh, uh, Josh Kalinowski. He was a professional baseball player. I, he's a friend of mine. I, I, I got to know him over the last year a little bit. And um, he only played in, in the, as a, he was a pitcher. I think it was, he, he got injured after one to two years. But it was like such a moving story because just his entire identity was wrapped up in, in that, um, you know, and I, honestly, I could relate a little bit with my college lacrosse yeah. days, um, just cause once, you know, we shockingly lost actually in, in overtime and it was like, Whoa, what in, in the playoffs and national national playoffs. And, uh, all of a sudden you're, you're, who are you, you know, what, are, yeah. what defines you at that point? So I can't, I can only imagine, you know, what, uh, like what Aaron Rodgers is going through right now is, is he going to, right. Gonna, the Achilles. I mean, that's, know. and, and yeah. also he's like older in his life. He didn't yeah. stop. Like there's so many yeah. things. And I think us as society, we don't think about professional athletes as humans and they yeah, they put their absolutely. pants on the same exact way we do. Totally. And they're not all making this money that they can just be like, okay, I'm done. When you're done, yeah. you're one injury away. So we really get into some, sure. I mean, we had Ricky waters on and he was, oh yeah. I mean, he was crying. He and his wife, I mean, they have, he stories. played for the Ravens, uh, I think he might have uh, retired with the Ravens, but yeah, that's, yeah, he was, he yeah. was awesome, but, but you're he absolutely an, right. He was it's, an eagle for a little while. Yeah. Okay. So even if it's like, and I think Miami as well, but <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. he, um, you know, you're absolutely right. Especially with social media and then fantasy football and things, which I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. We just treat I, these I have my people teams. like <laughs> they're, they're just commodities now. They're not actually humans anymore, which is a real, real shame. Um, so, so Cynthia, your current co-host was your, was a guest on your hundredth episode of your next stop. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I, I love your story. We got to connect. And and then YNS live was birthed out of that, that connection. Yep. Is that right? Yes. And um, so she has NFL thread, which is the LinkedIn for women. And she had started that about 10 years ago. And so she would do a luncheon before the Thursday before all these events and get everyone together and be like, let's network with each other. Like let's support each other's small businesses. Sure. Let's do this. Cause she's a connector. Amazing, amazing woman. And so awesome. when she was on the podcast and we started doing this, she's like, I'm going to bring the podcast. Cause it's like the in-person, she also has a magazine that goes all, to, it's called the playbook that goes to every um, NFL team. So it was like the podcast, the playbook and the in-person. So we do sponsorships. If, you, if any of your listeners are like, wait, I want to get involved. Just reach yeah. out because we are going to be in Vegas this year. And it is, going to be huge. I mean, we get some awesome. really fun people that come. I have the podcast set up. You jump on, you talk, and we have sponsorship opportunities and all that kind of stuff. Um, pop-up shops. But that, I mean, that just birthed out of it. And yeah. it's those things I do. Again, we do you know one interview a month. Um, mm-hmm. And then we do the live events and we get a lot of really fun content. I mean, I was at the Hall of Fame. I was literally in the back room with the gold jacket. I mean, all of the gold jacket guys. That's I'm like, awesome. Hey guys. So cool. My kids are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, how, how did you, right. how did this happen, mom? Um, that's so cool. So being and then curious th- and not saying no. Absolutely. No, that's great. And so your third podcast 
world blindness, dyslexia exposed, right? Um, yep. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So my co-host is Brent Sopel, who was a former NHL Stanley Cup winner with the Blackhawks and severely dyslexic. Uh, didn't find out until he was 32. His daughter was diagnosed and he's like, wait a second. But basically he's a Canadian. He was pushed through school because they were like, okay, you're going to be, I mean, he was on his own, you know, went into the, the league basically at mm -hmm. 16. So the other thing is we talk about, and this is why it's so close to my heart. We talk about so many different things, but he didn't know he was dyslexic. He knew that when he got out of hockey, that he was mm -hmm. not going to be able to get a real job in his mind mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of his dyslexia. And he was never remediated. I mean, he basically was pushed through. It was like, okay, you're, mm. you, you're just going to go, you're the dumb jock, right? You're the dumb sure. jock. Yeah. So at, he was in the league for 18 years. And he said he worked harder than anyone else because petrified that one step away from having to go into that real world. He mm. went to Russia for three years to play, you know, when it was like, okay, your time's up here. Um, he was like, I played in conditions that probably no one else would ever, but I was like, I cannot do it. He, mm. when he did leave the league, he did fall on really hard times. Um, mm. He's been sober and clean probably mm. for seven years now mm. has a foundation called the uh, Brent Sopel foundation, which mm. is a dyslexic foundation. And he's doing amazing things. He basically helps a lot of people with that neuropsych that I talked about mm. with the finances, because it's really hard. That's what his foundation does. He also coaches yeah. um, and runs a league, but um, we started awesome. that because I mean, this is, I know we're like short on time, but <laughs> I basically was asked because of my podcast yeah. to interview him for a television show that's coming out. I can't even talk about when it was. Um, I was connected with, through the podcast world again because mm -hmm. I put myself out there. I, I don't say yes if it's not something that I want to do. Like I'm not the right. person that's like saying yes to everything and then being like, oh, yeah. I can't handle everything. Sure. I say yes yeah. when I know it feels right. Yeah. I, again, I pray. So that's like what I do um, or yeah. I ask the universe. I take my walk. Yeah. Hey, does this seem like I something right. I should do? But so he and I then got connected and I was like, I really want to help this foundation because obviously dyslexia is huge in my world. Um, yeah. and I have so many stories and I've, I help people like, you know, I have people call me all the time, be like, can you give me a little advice on an IEP or here? And so I was like, we just need to yeah. put the words to a podcast. So we're on sure. episode five came out today. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's how some podcasts are born is like two people are having conversations and they're like, we should be recording this. And then they, Oh, every, every time we out. talk, every time we talk, we're like, Oh my God, this, yeah. this is another episode. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, we had, I had uh, Justin Rothling show for, he is a president of his company called own it. He was actually fired by the NHL because he, he was working for a couple of different teams as a trainer. I'm not sure if he played in the NHL himself, but he was let go because he was standing up for all these guys who were addicted to painkillers. And mm -hmm. um, he was sick and tired of of treating them like that. And so he kept standing up to ownership and management and eventually they they let him go. That's a really what good episode. His What's his name? Justin Rothling Chauffeur. He's also Canadian, but I believe he lives in Florida now. Um, but his company is called Own It. Uh, it's two words, Own It. Um, and I'm sure they Brent do, knows him because he's Canadian and, and he they would do, stand yeah. up yeah, for things. They do, people... um, what they do now is they, they do, they work with, uh, athletes and also just professionals and really anybody to, um, create an individualized health plan. He's into like fitness and health and, mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, blood work to figure out what your, you know, I guess all of your epigenetic testing and all that Smart. stuff. To, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, that was his, uh, adversity to abundance story was getting fired from the NHL and then creating this company and, and now helping so many other people, but definitely recommend the listener go back and listen to that one. If, if you haven't already, yeah, so go listen to that. Sounds great. Um, so you ready for some rapid fire questions, Juliet? Yes, please. Awesome. What is one thing that people misunderstand about you? <laughs> uh, probably sometimes my energy. They think I've been drinking coffee and oh, that's <laughs> okay. just who I am. <laughs> you don't drink coffee? I don't. I don't need it. I wake up like this. <laughs> Jealous. But um, when, you're, when you're ADHD, <laughs> it literally doesn't do anything yeah. to me. I don't feel it. It just, gotcha. it's like, I already have the energy. <laughs> What's one of your biggest failures, regrets, however you want to frame that, but something you wish you could do over? So I, it's funny, I, and I know there's supposed to be like quick questions, but clearly as you guys heard me, I don't do anything, but it has to be a little bit of, of a breathy thing. I don't like to look back and say failures. I like to think anything that I've ever done, I've actually learned on them. 
Um, and so I've been asked this question a lot and it, it, there's not like a, there's not a one size fits all. I would have to say when I was raising my three kids, uh, or when I'm raising my three kids, there's, they're two years apart, a little less than two years apart. And there's definitely times that I wish I was more present that I wasn't trying sure. to get to bedtime because I didn't want them to be cranky the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, that I wish I was just like kind of, cause I am go with the flow, but when it came to like kids and schedules, I wanted to make sure I was raising these great humans and I was thinking too much into things. And so sometimes yeah. I wish that I just would have been like, just chill out. Just a relax bit. a little bit. Yep. <laughs> if you could give your 18 year old self some advice, what would that be? Just keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I just stay curious and don't think too much on things and don't let the negative people ever make you think twice. I'm not one that usually does that, but there's definitely been people, you know, that I've come across that sometimes maybe took the the wind out of my sail a little bit mm. and mm-hmm. to, you know, just <laughs> don't worry about them. Love that. If you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? So I would definitely help. I'm a service heart person. Dyslexia is one of those things that I would uh, definitely want to help fund, get more kids, especially kids that don't have the funds to do. And then also boxer research is, I mean, boxer uh, rescue is Mm. I'm huge into and just to help really animals and, you know, children that don't have anyone that loved them, really give them places. Yeah, that's great. It, what is one challenge that you're facing right now in your professional career? So as as you heard, I have uh, uh, some things on my plate. I also have <laughs> yes. three children. Yes. So I'm, again, I'm just trying to go with the flow and not putting too much thought into things. And yeah. I am, when I say I'm going to do something, that is, I do it. I have always been that way. If I say I'm going to get something done, I'm going to do it. But I also know that I can sometimes overextend myself because I get excited. I, I love, you know, I'm excited about things. Um, and just giving myself a little grace, not not putting too much pressure on things like, okay, I need to maybe do that tomorrow and I need to go to bed now and not stay up too late because if I don't sleep, I'm a bit of a bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were to start a business tomorrow, not that you need something else to do, but if you were going to start a a business, what would that be? I mean, again, it would... Uh, I mean, it would be in the story selling space. I mean, kind of what I've been doing, yeah. but it would really just help more people with getting comfortable with talking about themselves in in not the egocentrical way, because I do mm-hmm. feel the world is a little a little yes. me, me, me. This is not just kind of look outside, but be able to connect more with people by taking the egos out of your own story. Mm. That's really good. Um, what is a book or two that you could recommend for my listener? So um, I, there's this book and I have to look it up because I'm going to, I forget about it, but it is, it's a mother's memoir and it is one of the most beautiful books that I listen to. And it really, um, it, it is, it makes you cry, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of in your time of your life where um, I needed it because we had just mm-hmm. moved. As I said, we lost a friend and um, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, my kids are getting older and I I love being a mother. I mean, that was one of the things I always wanted to do. I was very fortunate mm-hmm. that I was able to stay home with my children um, mm-hmm. for as long as you know I did. But it was definitely at a time where I was like, I don't want to let them go, but I know I need to like let them grow up a little bit and I can't believe I can't find it. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a mother's memoir and um, Katrina Kenzik is the author and um, I have a thousand, my daughter and I share our things. So I'm not going to say it. And I'm sorry, I can tell you later. <laughs> oh, here it is. The, gi- the gift a of gi- an ordinary day. Oh, I just yes. looked it up. The gift Thank of you. an ordinary day. Awesome. It is cool. It is one of the most beautiful, beautiful books. Beautiful. Awesome. Um, what is one question you, that I have not asked that you wish I had? I think you did a fantastic job. I, I can't say that. Thanks. There's anything that you did not, we did not get into. (laughs) Awesome. Coming from a triple three-time co-host that, you know, that means something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where can our our listeners find you online, Juliet? So I am everywhere. And this is a funny story. So Juliet Tan, like Romeo, J-U-L-I-E-T. And my last name is Han, H-A-H-N is um, 
There is also someone else out there with that name, believe it or Mm. not. And she is a Korean woman. So when you look it up, you're going to be like, wait, that doesn't sound like the same person. And she's a professor at the Citadel. So all my socials are I am, A-M, Juliet Han, because she got it it first. But so that is basically LinkedIn is my name, Juliet Han. um, But everything else is I am and same as my website. And you can find all the podcasts there. I kind of give like my favorite stuff. They all, you know, you can search there, but you can also find them on all on pod, all podcast players. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, this is this has been really good. I know we we have covered a lot of ground and uh, yeah, there's I just what I'm taking from this among other things is, you know, look to your strengths. We all have strengths. I, I think this is going to be a very relatable episode for a lot of a lot of people. Not that everyone has dyslexia, but it's you know, we've had I've had I've had guests on the show where they've had a single engine plane crash or single, uh, I guess, passenger plane crash and should never have lived. And it was this dramatic Mm -hmm. story and it's amazing. Um, But most people can't really relate to that. And I think in a lot of ways, your story is very relatable. And also just that life has seasons and it's a journey. And and Mm -hmm. just because you you might hear uh, signs or receive, you know, signals that you should do something and you should follow that for a while, but it doesn't mean you're locked in forever. Um, but just that, you know, play to your strengths and and be a connector. Um, I, I just love your positive energy. And and uh, obviously, you've developed your listening skills and your create, you know, creativity, even though you thought you didn't have that before. So um, the, the practical tips on podcasting, storytelling, um, man, this has been this has been great. So thank you very yeah, much. Thank for your you time. so much. And thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate it. I love yeah. obviously love sharing and I love helping people um really get to that thing because, you know, as I said, everyone has something to share. And um we just we just need to listen. We need to listen to each other and respect each other a little bit more than I think sometimes the world does. And be happy for when you see someone doing something and you see that they're happy. Don't be the hater. Don't be like, oh, what are they doing? Be the person that's like, you know what, that's awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. And, and for just to be clear, we, I, we did have to track Juliet down. Uh, you know, there, there, some guests are easier to, to get on the show than others. And, and I, like I said, I heard you on another show. I was like, I gotta, gotta get her on our podcast. So we finally were successful. So thank you for spending your time with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And to the listener out there, thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Don't forget to check out our website, adversity to abundance.com the number two and like share subscribe all that stuff uh, but the biggest thing is share if you if you found this helpful share this episode with a friend or family member thanks everyone take care investors have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S.com. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.